The Politocrat is brought to you by the great people at Anchor. Anchor is such a great place to go if you want to get started in podcasting. And it's easy and it's free. Anchor, marvelous stuff, marvelous. And I'm so grateful to the folks at Anchor for getting me going with The Politocrat. If you want to get going and be heard on Apple, on Spotify and everywhere podcasts can be, Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello and welcome to another edition of The Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore. It is Thursday, March the 19th, 2020, and it's unbelievable spring. Spring is almost here. But I don't think too many people notice that because we are still under the spell of a very, very highly contagious virus. And that is no joke. But I'm not here today to talk about that virus because you probably are being inundated with talk about the virus whether you are watching television news and probably not good to do that unless you need to find out what your local government is doing here in San Francisco it's shelter in place and I must say it's worked out pretty well so far there aren't that many people on the street and if there are there's generally a very small gathering of people if at all maybe just one and that is good to see let's see how long that holds up for but I think it is good to listen to local government as I have said in the past and as I continue to say Yes, the Senate did pass a coronavirus economic aid package today on the floor. And it went something like this. 90 senators voting yes and 8 voting no. Why don't we um, kind of get a gander of those who voted no? If I couldn't remember this from memory, the 8 senators who voted no, Tim Scott of South Carolina... And there certainly was Ron Johnson there from Wisconsin. And there was Marsha Blackburn from Tennessee and Rand Paul from Kentucky. And those are the three or four that I remember of the eight. Um, But everybody else voted for it, including Mitch McConnell and Ted Cruz. Good to see that they know which side their bread is butted on. And of course, every Democratic senator voted for the aid package. I think it's supposed to be at the moment $1 trillion. And there's talk that there is supposed to be money coming to each and every person here in the United States. Rand Paul actually wanted to limit that to people who had social security numbers, which really means 
that he wanted to limit it to people who were not undocumented immigrants. That is what he really means. So the guy in the White House is supposed to sign this bill soon. And apparently this Senate bill, and I haven't read it, but apparently it is stronger than the House bill that got passed early on Saturday morning at the end of last week. We shall see how everything shakes out and how frequent, if there is money at all that comes, how frequent that will be coming to the American public, to those of you who live here in the United States. And there's also a small matter of tax time as well that is coming up. And I am not sure whether the IRS has suspended um, or at least postponed or pushed back the due date for your taxes for the tax deadline because that is fast coming. And obviously many people go to the post office and file their taxes there and usually at the very last minute. We shall see um, about that and I will get some more information on the tax deadline for the IRS and whether or not it has been pushed backwards a little bit. We'll see. We'll find out. I'll find out. But I want to get away from some of the heavier subject matter and just try to talk about what kinds of things you might be doing in the midst of all of this. Because this is something, of course, people in this modern era have not really faced before. I mean, yes, there's been some very deadly uh, viruses and diseases. There's been SARS, there's been MERS, there's been H1N1, there's even been Ebola. But the scientific experts, the scientists, scientists agree that this by far is the worst of all of those. And it's highly, highly contagious, which is something that we are not hearing politicians here in the United States say. They are not saying that this is highly contagious. I mean, if they are, I have not heard them. Doesn't mean they didn't say it. But all the press conferences that I've been watching over the last almost a week now, all of them have had some blunt talk. Well, many of them have, particularly Bill de Blasio in New York and the governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo. But I have not heard them say the words highly contagious. And I think they, if they haven't said it already, I think they and other officials should start to do this. I think it is better to actually set the public here in the United States a little bit on its edge. I mean, not like it isn't already on its edge. But I do think that it is a bit imperative, more than just a bit imperative, to make sure that the American public, the people here in the United States are told the blunt truth about this pandemic, that it is highly contagious because you think about it, it must be. So I hope that that gets done. I hope the media does a better job of of doing that, but I wouldn't even bother with the media at this point. I would 
as I've always said, consult the WHO, that's the World Health Organization, WHO.INT. Really good advice and information there for you. So that would be my step forward, believe me. So enough said about the coronavirus. What are you doing? How are you doing? How are you feeling? Of course, we all have our fears and concerns. But what are you doing to try to alleviate them? I have been talking about this over a number of days. And now that we are going through this, all of us, we're going through this together as a global community. I think it is somewhat reassuring to find out what it is people are doing to keep their sanity, to keep themselves mentally fit and healthy, and also to keep themselves physically fit and healthy. You know, I, I, those are things that we should still should do if we can do them, if we are in a position to, if we are able-bodied and we are fortunate enough to be that, then we should be taking those kinds of steps and measures. I mean, I have not been doing as much of that as I should be doing because I've you know been really busy. And you're, you know, you're working, you're doing this, you're doing that. And, and you forget about the things that are important, <laughs> like getting some fresh air, you know, like going out and taking a walk, like getting out there and exploring nature, you know, wherever there may be trees. If you are fortunate a lot enough to live near a park, then by all means, venture into that park. The chances are it's going to be rather empty in there. But still, you want to practice the social distancing measures that are certainly in effect here in uh, Northern California. It would be a good idea to be wise and sensible. And to be considerate of each other. I find that that is one of the most important things that can not only nourish the heart and the soul of the person you're being kind and considerate to, but it can also nourish your own soul and beautify your own heart. I find that acts of kindness are really therapeutic. And again, not just for the person who you're being kind to, but also for yourself. There is something I'm sure chemical, and I bet you there have been studies on this. You get these chemical reactions and endorphins and whatever it might be that probably pumps through you after you do good deeds. So I'm sure that it is a good affirmative thing for your immune system too. To do things that bring positivity and joy to others. Now, of course, you can't in this day and age, in this very specific day and age, um, get close to people or touch them. But you can certainly practice a more emotional closeness and a, I guess, a spiritual closeness as well. But you can get in touch with yourself 
through mindfulness. That is a really good tip. There's a great book on mindfulness. In fact, there's a lot of good books on mindfulness and you can certainly search those. And you don't have to even search books for the purposes of even buying them. You can look online with some reputable places that would give you these steps on mindfulness and what to do. YouTube videos on it as well, but books also, um, even if you are willing to part with a little bit of cash, um, would be very helpful. Mindfulness is very important at this time. And I would certainly advise people to do that if as I've said before, exercise is not your option. Then turn to mindfulness. Any and everybody can do so once they are schooled or tutored on doing so. It is not very difficult. And if you are of any kind of age, even if you have some challenges with ability you probably are still going to be able to depending on the um, situation of the lack of mobility you may you probably um, all likelihood will be able to do these kinds of exercises mental exercises that will really replenish you and wow it's a powerful thing It's a truly powerful thing when you can actually do that, when you can actually find yourself controlling your own domain and controlling your own sense of self by being present, by being in that moment, by bringing an energy and focus to what's happening within you. And it doesn't have to be tantrically, although tantrically, it's a good thing. If you want to engage in tantric kinds of exercises, tantric sex even. And it is not even about touching the person. It's more about touching yourself without touching yourself, if you know what I mean. And so tantric mind exercises, tantric sex can be incredible. But mindfulness specifically is incredible. And if you are able to put forth those forces of energy and strength and feeling, you can really produce a very positive and therapeutic outcome for yourself. And it doesn't have to take half an hour. It can be a five to ten minute exercise or less. It's as good as meditation. In fact, it is a form of meditation. So mindfulness is really a very effective tool. Meditation of any kind is a very effective tool. You will find it to be of such welcoming, warmth, And a source of empowerment too. It's one of those kinds of exercises that I think some people overlook. Of course, there's yoga, Bikram yoga, all those kinds of things. 
And you can even do yoga by yourself. I mean, yes, of course, people love to go to yoga and they're with a group of people. Obviously, now that's something that isn't an option anymore. So you can do this virtually. You can do this with a YouTube video and follow the lead of an instructor on, I'm sure, that's giving classes. This, there are so many ways, thanks to the internet, if you have internet access, to be able to uh, be in touch with experts who can lead you to the right kinds of internal medicines, physical medic- medicines, you know, psychological medicines, mental medicine, medicines. These things are so empowering. And they're all free, free of charge. And that's not a bad thing at all. Welcome back to the Politocrat. So what do you do in these times? How do you empower yourself? And there are so many ways. Reading books, writing, if you can, an entry in a diary, a moment to ponder and think back, to look over photographs, not just on your phone, but maybe on your laptop, or if you are a bit more old fashioned, maybe your photo album, if you still have one of those lying around somewhere. That's right, we actually used to have photo albums and maybe they still do sell the odd photo album here or there. But I think there's something therapeutic about looking through a photo album. Just looking through those memories, turning the pages of the photo album or photo book and seeing the actual photographs that you can slide out of the plastic film that covers them, and I know plastic's not necessarily popular these days, obviously, for the environment. I understand that very much, but I'm just saying that it there's this sense of touch and tactile type of thing that goes on that I think our society is missing. Everything is so automated now. To the point where we really don't touch anything anymore. And like I said, obviously, you can't really touch too much in these times that we are living through. But there is no substitute for touching a book, to opening up its pages, to touching the leaves and turning them for putting pen to paper and actually writing something down with your hand, handwriting something. It's a lost art these days. And we need to have some of those things back just to keep us a bit more connected to ourselves, but also connected to standards and things that have slipped away over time because of the technological impacts that have kind of made our lives in some way very much autopilot. I mean, we don't remember our phone numbers anymore. 
We put them in a phone and boom, that's it. And if we were to lose our phones, I'd say more than 80% of us would forget what our own phone numbers are. I remember the days where you would write that down in a diary, a pocket one, a portable one, a small one. I used to have one of those back in the day. I'd write my phone number in it. I'd write my friends' phone numbers in it, parents, etc., etc. And now all of that is on a phone instead. And if we lose that phone and we haven't backed it up on a computer, that's if we have one because lots of people in this country don't. Then are we ever in trouble? Very interesting, isn't it? This world that we live in. And when you're living in a world like this now in these times, you begin to realize how much you take for granted the embrace of a friend, the embrace of a loved one, of a family member, of any kind of family member that you have, of a casual friend or acquaintance. I remember I used to hug an employee, well, an employee at a grocery store, you know, someone um, who I would just talk to casually. She works at a grocery store. She works at it. And I would just hug her. And we would always hug each other. I mean, this was automatic, you know. And th- and even before all this stuff happened with this, with this uh, virus, people, I was doing that. People weren't even doing that in general, just hugging um, grocery store employees. <laughs> You know, and I'm accustomed to doing that. And this particular grocery store employee would always come up to me and give me a big hug and I'd hug her. And the other day when I went in to get groceries, to buy groceries, she said, hey, hey, how are you? <laughs> and I waved back at her and, and that was that. We stayed about maybe 24 feet or so away from each other. How times have changed, huh? Thank you for listening. I'm Omar Moore. I can be found on Twitter at the popcorn R-E-E-L. And this podcast can be found wherever you get your podcasts. I'm the politocrat. Thanks for listening. Have a good day.